0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. You know, you you mentioned how the length of time in this offensive coordinator search. And I do think that's interesting. We're going to get into the latest updates of the offensive coordinator here. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned this. It's like there's 12 teams that are hiring an offensive coordinator right now. If the idea is the Saints are taking such a long time, then those other teams are taking just as much time to hire an offensive coordinator. And the, the interesting thing is Mike Thomas mentioned this and said, why do you think no one's taking the job? And I, I don't know how much actual insight he has into how these interview processes are going. But that's going to be the question. Like, I don't think these first three that, that aren't on the board anymore is really a sign of that. But the rest of the guys on the board who don't necessarily have these ties to other guys... If they start turning down the job, then I think you can start to point to that and be like, hmm, questionable. And
2: and it's a good question, though, too. It's like, has anyone really turned down the job? We know people have interviewed, but, you know, I don't believe anything has the Saints have offered anybody and been turned down kind of thing.
1: I I mean, I don't well. So there's nine names, I want to say. Let's see. Not the Saints have interviewed. There are nine names out here that they have either interviewed or requested to interview. I don't know if they ever actually interviewed Shane Waldron, but, like, there's three names that are already off the board. And, and again, all three, like, people are going to say, well, this is a sign that other jobs are more attractive and no one wants to coach the Saints. And maybe, but it's not really – I mean, I don't think we have to explain. We talked about this. Like, the Bears have the number one overall pick. I think there were probably people lining up for that job. <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: uh, What's crazy, too, is just uh, with the Saints, though – not even considering draft salary cap as is how is this not an attractive offense to step into Uh, that's wild to me
1: i mean i i don't think you know like from from an ownership perspective i think there's support like i i don't know like you could say that maybe maybe no one wants to coach with da i don't know but like that's probably the argument you're making um but so there's three names that are off the board so shane waldron Took the job as the Bears offensive coordinator. He was the former Seahawks offensive coordinator. He was high on my list, but I understand. It's like the Bears hired him quickly. We're going to get our quarterback. Right. Yeah, I think that's a sign to me that he was like, I want Caleb Williams. And they were like, we'll go get him. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I think Justin Fields going to end up getting traded. Next up, Zach Robinson. So he was the quarterback's coach under Sean McVay this past season. The Falcons hired Raheem Morris and... That kind of did it for the Saints in terms of like, I don't know how you can, if he wants to go with his former coworker and be his offensive coordinator, I don't know how you compete with that. Um, right. So gonna team up. yeah, like it's not a one for one thing. Like I, it, it, when you get to points where these two teams are on even footing and he's picking one over the other, then you can have that conversation. But I don't think any of these examples would do that because again, it's like, I, I almost feel like it was a twofer. Like they hired Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson in one fell swoop. Right. Because um, that's the guy Raheem wanted and he probably talked to him in advance. I'm like, I'm going to get this job. You want to come be my offensive coordinator? Let's do it. Anyway, so that's another one off the board. And the popular name, um, I do wonder what would have happened if the Falcons didn't hire Raheem Morris. And then we. And he, if you still want to be the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, then that would be an interesting one. But the next one is former Bengals quarterbacks coach Dan Pitcher. He was promoted to the Bengals' offensive coordinator job. Right. What are you going to do there? Come on. Again, it's like, you know. And so the names remaining, Ronald Curry, Saints quarterbacks coach, Mike Sullivan, Steelers quarterbacks coach, interim offensive coordinator, Brian Greasy, the 49ers quarterbacks coach, also former NFL quarterback, uh, Clint Kubiak, the 49ers pass game specialist, and the most recent name added to the list is former Eagles offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson.
2: Um, I'm curious if the uh, Niners now extended run kind of puts some of the things on the back burner for greasy and Kubiak if the saints
1: are really that interested in them. I think it has to this point. I think that that made it a little more complicated, but I think this is the week. This open week is when you can do that is when you can, because there's two weeks between the championship games and the super bowl. And so I think this is where the rubber meets the road for these guys, because there's an understanding that teams need to make a move. Teams need to figure it out. And so I I, I have a feeling if you're going to have a second interview with either of those guys, it would happen this week. The only guy who I know they've been trying to get a second interview with is Gerard Johnson, who's the Texans quarterback's coach. And he's another guy who, like these first three names on the list, more like Dan Pitcher, really. If Bobby Slowick gets hired as a head coach, who's the Texans offensive coordinator, then I would expect Gerard Johnson to be promoted to offensive coordinator. And I think that one of the reasons that timing is difficult there is because he's probably waiting because I think anyone who likes where they're at would prefer to get promoted than leave and start new somewhere else.
2: Yeah. I get to uh, keep working with CJ Stroud. Sure. Sure. I'll do that. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh, for the same reason that Shane Waldron was like, yeah, Caleb Williams sign me up. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think the lions losing opens could speed things up a little bit in that regard because, I do think Ben Johnson is going to get hired, probably to the Commanders' job. And you were probably waiting until after this week. Maybe you would wait after the Super Bowl if uh, they had made the Super Bowl. They didn't. So if Ben Johnson gets hired to be the Commanders' head coach, then that would only leave one opening left. And I Go think Seattle. I don't know how much Bobby Slowick is is in contention for that role, but you know, I like if. Bobby doesn't get hired. And I think Gerard Johnson becomes available. So we'll see. Um, Brian Johnson is interesting. You know, we, uh, RPO concepts, I think are something the saints don't do enough of, and I would like to see them do more of it. You don't have to have a mobile quarterback to run RPO. Yeah. The Eagles won a super bowl with Nick Foles doing RPO. I know
2: there was some saints fans dreaming of, uh, Joe Brady coming back to a new, you know, the Louisiana that's not happening. He's going to be the uh, OC in Buffalo, and they're not prying him away from the Bills at all. Yeah, no
1: surprise there. I mean, right? uh, I was hoping that the Bills would make the wrong decision (laughs) and give the Saints an opening. But yeah, they never interviewed Joe Brady. I don't think anyone. I think everyone could have seen that coming. Like it wasn't even necessarily worth going down that road of like requesting interviews because he was always going to be that guy. But yeah, I mean, that's where you're at. And you know, if I had my pick. It would probably be Clint, Clint Kubiak, because I just think the way the 49ers operate on offense is something I want. That said, I think I think everyone's kind of acting as if hiring Ronald Curry would be a cop out. But like as we talked about, it's like some consistency in the coaching stuff is helpful. And my other argument would be if you like halfway through the season, everyone was telling me that they need to fire Pete and make Pete Ronald Curry the offensive coordinator. So what's changed? In terms of, I have two questions. One, do you think Ronald Curry can be an offensive coordinator in the NFL? And if the answer is yes, do you want Ronald Curry to be your offensive coordinator or someone else's? Because I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Bucks request an interview with Ronald Curry, if the Panthers request an interview with Ronald Curry. Because if, if I know one thing, it's that teams love to strengthen their own position while hurting another team. <laughs> like that's a benefit. And that's what would happen. And Ronald Curry has been getting interviewed for these jobs. Like Ronald Curry was interviewed by the Bucks last year. He's going to get an OC job eventually. He's not going to be the Saints quarterback's coach forever. And if he goes and coaches the Bucks, not only do you kind of lose that on your staff, a guy that everyone really likes and and appreciates and and has, speaks very highly of, uh, you now have the offensive coordinator for the Bucks, having very intimate knowledge of how your offense operates and your quarterback. I don't like that idea.
2: That's um, another like I think you've might've brought this up before. And we've talked about these part of these, this interview process too is getting Intel for the future, not just for your current job opening that you might have, whether you, you do this with free agents and the coaches, like you're, you're getting good knowledge for, you know, just
1: whoever lands with another team as well. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. Um, and and I, I don't know, like, I don't know how much of that is true. Like, I don't think you interviewed Brian Greasy just to get intel on Clint Kubiak. Maybe you did. Uh, but if I'm Brian Greasy, I'm like, what the hell, guys? Like why, why would you, you know, why would you do that? Um, or
2: just even a chance to even get a little, if you're not even going to hire them, just let me know a little more
1: about how the Niners tick kind of thing. I think it also, I mean, it's just an opportunity for you to kind of get an idea of how you are perceived around the league to right. you know right. like because you're just asking them questions and getting answers and you know you're not inside of these biz- these these buildings and you, you just you know it's all information collection but I knew that you knew the Saints were going to be methodical and go through their process and and whatnot. And I and I don't think right now that you are behind the eight ball in terms of getting a higher mate. I think you can see the eight ball and you know you just have to pick a path around it. Um Now, if you don't do that fast enough now, then you could get into trouble because, like, there's a lot of teams that are all kind of getting to that point now. And I don't want to be the last in my own division to hire an offensive coordinator. And I don't want to put myself in a situation where, you know, I'm bidding against somebody else if I can avoid it. I think the senior bowl is probably where you. Like I would be surprised if we get through the senior bowl and the saints don't have an offensive coordinator hired. Cause I just think that's where everyone's going to (laughs) be, you know, like there's something to be said for being in the same place as, as someone else. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, And so we'll, we'll see. But I, I I think that a lot of like, that's going to be the thing is like, okay, you're interested in this guy, but this other team is interested in this guy. So where does he choose? And to this point, I don't think you've seen an offensive coordinator candidate that the Saints were trying to hire, get Absolutely. hired away by someone that was on an, an even footing as you. For these guys, other than Gerard Johnson, if he ends up being promoted, that's exactly what it would be. So, Yeah,
2: I, I think for me, I think the Saints are fine where they are right now. They might get a little antsy. Like someone if someone were to hire away Ronald Curry – Like right now, the Bucks did that. You're like, well, oh, crap. Our our in-house candidate's gone. We better make our move really freaking quick now.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: And then just to just to further that Ronald Curry point, like you know how bad it's going to look if Ronald Curry gets hired away and suddenly revital, you know, like the the Bucks offense takes off and he's the hot coaching candidate. Meanwhile, you hire some hot name that everyone's like, "Oh, go get that guy," and he flames out. And it's like you know, like like you can look at it and say like, ah, whatever. You're being crazy, but I guarantee you the Saints front office is looking at it like, we de- we developed this guy for this. Like, this is the guy we brought up. We like him. And someone else is going to get him to be their offensive coordinator? Right. Because if they're willing to hire him, why aren't we?
2: You know what I do find a little bit odd? Like, remember the hot name forever was Eric
1: Enemy, and now nobody's talking about him? Yeah, that's strange. Just- Part of me wonders... Part of me wonders if he's just done being an offensive coordinator. He's like, hire me as a head coach or leave me alone.
2: (laughs) It was just one of those I thought was odd. Like, I even thought would be on the Saints list to to interview for OC and nothing. Yeah. I mean, they did last time. Right. And so maybe I guess, yeah, they they saw what they needed to out of him, I guess. I don't know. Actually,
1: did they? I, I, I I might have misspoken there. I think they interviewed him last time, but that was for a head coaching job. That was... That was when they were going through the post-Sean search. I don't think they interviewed him technically to be the office coordinator. I could be wrong, but um, but there's a lot of interesting ones. Like Arthur Smith is interviewing for a couple jobs. Um, Ron Rivera is in the running for a couple defensive coordinator jobs. You know, they, there's, there's a, oh, this is the point where you're cannibalizing all of these, these you know, like you're picking apart the remnants of these staffs that have been kind of blown up and just floating away in the water.
2: <laughs> I do find it amusing too. It hasn't been that quick that there's still no
1: movement on Pete Carmichael to Denver yet. I mean, he met when you're off. He's been coaching nonstop for like two decades. Maybe he right. wants a year yeah. to hang out. The,
2: well, the last thing I want to is Sean yelling at me again. Yeah.
1: I do wonder if Sean will be in mobile. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Uh, that is a good question, right? Uh, oh, the other thing that we can mention before we get out of here. Uh, so Chris Richard, so Ryan Nielsen, first yeah. off, got hired as the Jags offensive coordinator. So uh, he's just a good example of a guy who kind of went to a staff on a guy who was kind of on his last legs as head coach, which you can confirm now because Arthur Smith got fired. They went 7-10 to 10 and he got fired. and But he still took that job and he did a good job and he got hired in Jacksonville pretty quickly, I might add. Um, so like, if this idea that, oh, no one's going to come coach with Dennis Allen because they, he might get fired at the end of the year, Come on. I mean, the guys take, you know, if you're get someone's gonna, you know, give you a shitload more money and an opportunity to prove you can be an offensive coordinator, it doesn't necessarily have to be the head coach that succeeds. You can succeed independently of that. And that's what Ryan Nielsen is doing. And he's over in um Jacksonville. And what I thought was interesting was I did wonder at the time whether there were grievances between Ryan Nielsen and Chris Pichard in in New Orleans. Because they were co-defensive coordinators, and right. then they both departed in the same year. And I was, I was curious whether maybe there was some, something there, but clearly not, because Chris is going to coach with, with Ryan. so they're, they're getting the band back together. Getting the band back together. <laughs> but they're not co-defensive coordinators. Ryan is Chris's boss this time, <laughs> which is something that they weren't willing to do in New Orleans. Right, if they right were, exactly. If they had done that, maybe Ryan Nielsen would be the uh, defense coordinator right now in New Orleans and Chris Shard would still be the secondary coach because that's, that's what's happening down there.
2: Everyone just stealing from the Saints, man. Now Jacksonville is going to be what the Saints' planned was.
1: Yeah, but they're not going to force any turnovers. Right. No, they're just – right, just get sacks. They're going to get sacks, but no turnovers. Uh, and they're going to – they're probably going to draft an Ellis – <laughs> I I do wonder, you know, so it's like, okay, uh, do this? Do the, do the Jaguars go and trade for Caden Ellis? Or, you know, like when you when you make a big splash in free agency the way the Falcons did, it's like, it's for a reason. <laughs> and now that reason is in
0: Jacksonville.
1: <laughs> right. Him and Onyamata are like, so well, Ryan. Like, the, the Jags, the, the Falcons are not are not spending big in free agency like they did on Onyemata and Ellis. If it's not Ryan Nielsen saying, I want these guys. Okay? Right, exactly. So now they're kind of, they have these guys and I mean, they're good players, but like I don't think that the new defensive coordinator is going to have any allegiances to them. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe they get traded away.
2: We'll take them both back in New Orleans, honestly.
1: I'll take Caden and eh, David. I like David. David's not moving the needle for me anymore. You know who I'll take back in New Orleans? CJ Gardner Johnson. Even though he's Uh, still doing his wave into the crowd thing way too early.
2: Way too early, bro. Came back and bit you in the ass there for sure. Yeah, another great look.
1: He also got stiff-armed into the uh, crust of the earth. (laughs) CMC put him down. That's the problem. When you're like you need guys who are going to be willing tacklers and run up and not be afraid. But, but it's like you end up on a poster in the NBA but it's really just like yeah, you were willing to play defense yeah. in a situation where you probably should have just gotten out of the way. And that's like, yeah, CJ's going up and trying to make a real tackle on on CMC and he paid the price for it but like if he just went for the ankle and missed everyone would be like well why didn't he try to make a real tackle Why didn't he try to put a hit on him <laughs> and, and
2: honestly i love uh, uh cj gardner johnson but he had a pretty lame hit on debo
1: yeah cj's that guy where it's like when he's on your team you love him when he's on right. anyone else's team you hate him you're like yeah he's what a dick like marcus smart patrick beverly in the nba you know like these guys exist josh norman was like that you know <laughs> And I don't think that the Saints would even look twice at CJ and free agency. I just think that bridge has been burned. But it's just funny because it's like your biggest need is a slot corner. Or at least one of your biggest needs is a slot corner, and like the, a premier slot corner is going to be available and has has had his market go down dramatically since you refused to give him the deal that no one else would either. So I just like it would be so. I just. I wish for the sake of the Saints, they could just be like, hey, can we just get this to work? What do you think? That, but then you're almost you're almost in
2: a Michael Thomas situation there, and you know it. Like, kind of you want to, but you know the situation's probably not going to end up right.
1: I think it's different on defense. I do. I really <laughs> do. Because it's just not – you don't have the – like, you don't have target share. You don't have decisions being made. Like, he's going to be on the field. You know that. So it's not like usage would be a problem. I don't know. I think you could figure it out. I think you could.
2: If if I got my choice, I'm definitely taking Gardner Johnson, no doubt.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's just funny to me cuz it's like it, that would like every fan would be like, "Yes. Please." But I don't know if any like in that locker room
2: right they'd be like, "Oh, crap. That's this guy again." Yeah.
1: <laughs> Man, he's always
2: oh, talking shit. Yeah. I okay. mean, he got
1: punched in the face by Mike Thomas. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I remember, dude, I remember, dude, uh, constantly app and you're like, dude, did you
2: ever be quiet? And God forbid you say something to him because and then he's no, he's just going to be on your shit constantly.
1: I remember Traquan Smith, uh, he did an interview on WWL after he signed an extension a couple of years ago. And he was like talking about how even in practice, CJ would be like, just just giving him shit for like, <laughs> missing a catch. And like, it's like, that's practice. Right. Like he's, he's going at you in practice. And I like personally, I was like, I think that helps the offense. I think like you want, you're basically training against the, the ultimate like mind ninja. Right, right. And then when it happens in a game, you're just like, ah, you're not saying anything worse than what he said. Right. When the game when it wasn't even a game. This punks nothing compared to CeeDee Deuce. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I've heard all this before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway. All right. Let's let's wrap this up. This has been a long pod. We went through Mike Thomas. We went through the senior bowl. We went through offensive coordinator. And I'm sure by the time this posts, it'll all be dated. There you go. Right. (laughs) That's the danger of recording podcasts at any point. But particularly this time of year, because if the Saints decide to hire an offensive coordinator in the next twelve hours, then uh, this podcast will have to be deleted. (laughs) Um, But hey, this podcast will self-destruct. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm speaking of which, I just watched the new Mission Impossible. Have you seen that? I have not. Okay. Well, there's a there's a really funny scene where they are talking about how they're, like, they're talking to like one of the government officials and they're like, like, what do you mean? Whenever you can't figure something out, you just leave a message for some random person and he solves your problem for you. <laughs> and they're like, and then they're like, well, yeah, but only if he chooses to accept it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why it was funny.
2: So what did you think? Because I kept hearing it was like one of the best action movies. It was good. It was really good. Okay.
1: Do you, you know, he works for the IMF. That's what it's called. Like the the cup the, the the group that like organizes his stuff and like sends him messages they're called the IMF. What's that you know stand for? No. Well, he, he, yeah, that's what it's called. And in this movie, they and the spoiler in this movie they uh, tell you that it stands for because there's another joke where he's like, "What do you mean, International Monetary Fund? What does that mean?" He's like, "Impossible Mission Force." Oh. Okay. So, yeah. But no, it's a good movie. Like, I, I really did enjoy it. Uh, I always forget, like, Tom Cruise is such a weirdo. But like, he's so good in these movies that it's like he's he's he re- he hits that kind of mark for me of like, I can look past how much of a psycho he is. Just because he's so good, like, like Top Gun. Yeah, know? I
2: enjoyed that. I, I mean, it was one of those I was probably late to the party with everybody, you know, recommending how how great it was. And I was like, all right, let's go check it out. And it still lived up to all the hype, so I appreciated it.
1: But, yeah, so that's where we're at now with the Saints is Mission Impossible <laughs> Offensive Coordinator Search. Mission Mission Impossible, get Mike Thomas targets.
2: Like and, you uh, said, have fun
1: Have fun with Josh Allen in Buffalo. I sure – yeah, he sure will. We'll see. But, anyway, this is Inside Black and Gold. Thanks, everyone, for listening all the way to the end. Again, I don't understand why anyone ever does that. But, hey, we uh, we appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. We're almost. In, we'll, we'll be officially turning the calendar over to year three after the Super Bowl. So that's crazy, right? This is going to be the third year. We, we've gotten through year two of this podcast. Cheers, Clank. The terrible twos are over. <laughs> now into the, into the prosperous threes. Into the thirsty threes. <laughs> thirsty threes days. Anyway, go who dat? Go Saints.
2: This podcast will self-destruct in five, four. Gotta finish it. I'll just let the countdown go. Say three, three, two, one.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy